0: We believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Dream Architect Life Podcast. I am here today with an extra special guest that I cannot wait to bring to you. So a little bit of background here. I have with me David Baer. David is a leading expert on human evolution, mindset, and business strategy, and has built one of the fastest growing brands in the personal and business development space. David was recently featured in success magazine as a leading expert on the next evolution of mindset. His book mind hack has been downloaded over 200,000 times. His recent interview on impact theory has had over half a million views and his annual event, the powerful living experience lived was named a top three must attend personal development event for entrepreneurs. I have personally attended, I can absolutely attest to it. Uh, David's work has been referred to as Personal Development 2.0. And David believes that mindset, or the developed capacity to utilize the mind to re- rewire and reorganize the brain, is the linchpin of the evolution of the human species. David, I am so grateful to have you here.
1: Brittany, it's awesome to be with you. Thank you, and um, thank you, thank you for the bio. It's always interesting to sit through those things, and but I love how you uh, personally have have had experience, and um, I'm just I'm excited that the circle has brought us all the way back around to to this interview.
0: Yeah, you know me too, and and I am I've really been looking forward to this. And I'll say before we get into this, um, I actually brought my niece to the Powerful Living Experience. She interned here the last couple summers too, and I mean, it's it's just such a great event. I think if you are, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're somebody who's thinking about kind of the what's next in life. Plug for you because I fully believe in it. it. It's such a great event, and I think people should truly look at attending. So, thank you. Absolutely. All that being said, David, I would love for you to share what maybe didn't get shared in the bio. Talk about, you know, where'd you come from? What got you to this point? Where you're at today?
1: So I had an opportunity to reflect on that because I'm I'm almost done. Uh, with, the, with the draft to go to the publisher of my first book. And in it, I put a lot of my story. And, you know, I think there's two types of people in, in per- personal growth from a teacher standpoint. There are people who really aspire to be, you know, in the personal development space. And then there are those who sort of go grudgingly. I didn't have a, an interest in being a personal development teacher. Um, you've been to our event. You know, we have over a thousand people for three days where we rock it out. And it's the most anxiety producing thing that I do. So, you know, being up on stage in, in front of so many people. And, but I've, I've learned how to control that anxiety for, for a long time. That anxiety controlled me. And I've, I've been an entrepreneur for decades. And um, in the in early 2000s, 2000, 2004, 2005, I raised uh, several million dollars for a, a, a concept I had a search engine optimization based lead generation network of websites in the financial services sector. And in building that business, that's when my life had become unmanageable. I, I I, was chasing success. I had the pressure of investment. I was, I guess, trying to figure out who I was in my early 30s and discovered one day that I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was a sex addict. And that was a you know, it was a wake-up call doesn't really give proper language to it. It's, a, it's an unusual thing for you to be sitting across from someone who you know is an expert in a field who says, hey, you're an addict, and this is going to take you a couple of years to get a hold of, and you need to start going to three 12-step meetings a week and group therapy and working the 12 steps with a sponsor. And at that time, I thought I lost my life, and I didn't realize actually that I had a lost life before that. This structure of recovery gave me my life back. And as I became more focused and started developing a connection with a power greater than myself and was rigorously honest with myself, I got into personal growth. And I started studying personal development and I started going to the events and reading all the books. And um, I I tell this story a lot around sort of the, the broken promise of personal growth where I was making incremental changes in my life. And I understood, for example, that I should have faith and not fear and that limiting beliefs were holding me back. But the truth was, I just had a habit of thought and emotion that I didn't know how to break. And I went on this like really extensive journey to try to figure it out. you know, getting into breath work, meditation, going to India Um I tell a story where I'm in Sedona after having tried to find a way to end my suffering for many, many years. And I go into the crystal shop and the young girl behind the counter says, you know, are you here for the Arawakan and Kogi Indians? And at that point, like, I had no idea who the Arawakan and Kogi Indians were, but I was so desperate. I'm like, yeah, that's who I'm here for. Tell me where they are. And I end up sitting in a high school gymnasium for a weekend, listening to these ancient tribes talk about the 2012 shift. And so uh, all that suffering even within personal development really drove me forward into trying to figure out a way how I could be happier. And so, you know, over the last eight years now, I've started putting together frameworks of what I've found work for actually changing the way that I think, for building self-love, for being able to forgive, for learning how to surrender and My journey to being able to do that as best as I can today and certainly not perfect is to was to really understand how it all works, like to really understand the structure of reality and understand how the brain functions and to understand, you know, how how we can make these statements like, you know, we're all connected and like, is that really true? And so as I went on this journey to understand all of that and started building it into frameworks and tools, I changed my life. And as we started teaching it to other people, we've been able to impact a lot of others.
0: You know, I think about David, we were at a mastermind together at one point and you did a 10 minute talk and you talked through that journey. And it was just like, I mean, it was such a fast talk, but it was point to point to point. My point in bringing it up is that you have absolutely lived what you preach and how you're talking about trying to find this connectedness and and how you've really traveled and gone all in on it. I mean, I'll tell you after going through some of your material, your mindset stuff, the things that you teach on there, it's some of the best that I've seen. And Brian and I both, obviously Brian's not here on the interview today, but Brian and I both have dove deep into, you know, mindset trainings and personal development in that space. You have some of the best stuff that's out there point blank. So David, one of the things that I know you've said in some of your teachings is that mindset is 99% of thriving during times of uncertainty a lot of our clients, they're coming in and they're like, we don't even know what's true anymore. You know, we're getting resources from everywhere and you've got scare tactics over here and fear mongering over there. So I want you to talk a little bit about that 99%, why you believe that
1: to be true. That mindset is 99% of your ability to thrive in in uncertainty. Yeah. Because when you I think we can describe mindset in a number of ways but one way that we look at having a, a great mindset or doing mindset work is the ability to downregulate your nervous system. And right we're talking about autonomic functions of the body things that previously thought we we couldn't control it was just a fight or flight response or mechanism but we're we're seeing with our students and our clients that people are able to you know control their emotions in really profound ways. And so all all solutions that we're looking for, no matter what the situation is, come from what I would call a powerful state. And we talk about there are only two states of being. There are powerful states and primal states. And powerful states are, are states of the parasympathetic nervous system, rest and relaxation, where you find joy and creativity, digestion, uh, enthusiasm, uh, intuition, intelligence. They're intelligent states of being. When you're in a primal state, which is a sympathetic nervous system, you sort of switch to the primal man. So we're looking at like the supreme manner woman or the primal man or woman are mapping to the two nervous systems. And you, you can't make intelligent decisions, you know, when you're in fear, anxiety, overwhelm. Um, and the way our systems are naturally designed is to experience that in uncertainty. It's why so many people fail to grow their businesses or achieve their full potential, because in order to do that, you have to do new things. And so then all of a sudden, your system wants you to avoid that newness because it's unknown. And the mechanism by which it creates that avoidance is thoughts that come to you, ideas, perceptions, justifications, reasons for why you would want to put it off. And when you're in a primal state, you just don't have access to yourself or to to that greater part of yourself, to the field of intelligence, however you want to describe it, higher power, God, Jesus, Allah, nature, you know, there's, 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 there's a mechanism that is displaying itself as highly intelligent right whether you look at sort of how the, the planet naturally functions in the hollow sphere or you look at you know how we don't have planets running into each other all the time because there's some design of physical laws that are keeping everything in balance or the incredible system of your body and the the, the infinite intelligence that's at work there there's there's something at play and so going back to, you know, why is mindset the, the key to moving forward? Because if you're if you're constantly trying to work with the challenges that are showing up in your life, but you're operating from a reactive primal place, you're not going to be making intelligent decisions. And so the, the key to being successful in moving forward is not to avoid uncertain circumstances or situations, or to hope that there aren't challenges, the world is going to get more and more complex, more and more dynamic, they're going to be quote, unquote, more and more problems. And so if you want to be a successful person moving forward, whatever that looks like, being a great parent, being, you know, having a profitable business, um, being, being a good friend, being happy, the key is going to come from how you're perceiving these experiences around you Mm -hmm. so that you're not constantly operating from suffering. Hmm.
0: You know, I think there's. There's so much to unpack in what you just said there. And one of the things that we talk about a lot on this podcast and in conversations with clients is looking at, you can't control the, the bad per se that's going on in the world. You know, we can't control directly the political environment or, you know, some of the uncertainty in the economy or those kind of things that are, they're far enough away that we can't take tangible action in our day-to-day to, to, to control that. So, David, I would love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, when you think about maybe the bad that's happening right now, how is somebody supposed to reconcile that with actually being a time of momentous opportunity?
1: So it's interesting because as I've started to develop my own perception and philosophy around life, you talked about the bad things happening in the world. And the, the best way to deal with the bad things happening in the world is to not see the bad things happening in the world as bad things. hmm and so you know then one could say well but how how can you say that i mean let's just look at the look at the data right look at the fact of the matter you know we're 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 in foreign wars we've got child trafficking we're destroying the planet through through well climate damage right with a, with an absence of a coalition around climate change you've got an out of control mutant form of capitalism that has allowed corporations to invade every legislative and governance structure that exists, right? Whether it's our politicians or the World Health Organization, right? I mean, so like, we've got a total breakdown of the systems on the planet. How can you say that there are not bad things happening, or there aren't problems? And the the way we can look at an experience and say it's, it's, it's not bad is to appreciate how how myopic we are when we look at it this is the process of civilization you know we don't have Holocausts anymore because we had a holocaust and you could argue we still have some but you know we we we're advancing as a human species and the way we do that is through this like revelation and discovery that there are all of these things going on in the world that we don't want and we're more connected than ever before so it used to be we get our information from the encyclopedia britannica right? Like you didn't have access to any information. That was before your time. We had these things called encyclopedias. And, uh, and, uh, and so, you know, and, and, and now if you think about it, a newspaper used to sell you news based on the quality of news so that they could attract advertisers. Now news is selling you based on the link bait clickability of the headlines. Uh, and they understand that fear is more engaging than, you know, stories of joy and love. And so this environment creates a tremendous opportunity for an individual who, who wants to have a more joyful life to start to make some decisions which are independent of the lens that's being created for us. You get to decide how you want to view the world and view the experiences that occur on a day-to-day basis. And one of the fundamental things that I believe is that we believe in a in a in a mathematical, we exist in a mathematical reality. It's a structure. There are laws. They're what people refer to as metaphysical laws. Laws that actually govern why physics works the way physics does. They're what are called first principles. Aristotle and Socrates and Plato were obsessed with these first principles because they said, if you understand these first principles, then you're working at the the causative level. And I believe that we exist in a, in a, a vibrational reality. We know that from Uh, Just our our observation of the physical world. You and I are having this conversation through a computer, but it's mostly nothing. It's mostly space. We're able to interpret it because we've been given these vibrational interpretation devices called our five senses so that we could have a physical experience. Um, but we live in that vibrational reality and, and all of vibration is connected and orchestrated through a single field of intelligence. The Hindus called it the Akasha. The the Buddhists called it the great shining body of radiance that has no beginning and no end. It's known as all that is or God or higher power, whatever it is. And, and our spirit is simply an individual expression of that infinite intelligence, having a physical experience. It's one spirit having infinite experiences. So I believe this whole system and structure is designed for our greatest growth, our greatest evolution, our greatest prosperity. Mm. Now, the nervous system isn't designed to experience it that way because we don't have a perception that supports it. But what we've been able to do and now what our clients and our students have been able to do is when something happens that you don't expect in your life that you first perceive as a problem, you begin to develop the capacity to step back from that and say, wait a minute, I know that there are no problems. I know that this is part of a process of leading me to something better. It may be more money. It may be a promotion. It may be more clients. It may be better health. It may be greater spiritual connection, but this isn't a problem. It's a gift or a blessing. And so I think what's happening in the world today is a tremendous gift and a tremendous blessing. And, and Carol, my wife, Uh, and I choose to not spend so much energy on what's going on out there that feels uncertain or that we don't prefer, we frankly don't even really spend that much time trying to change those things we don't prefer. We believe that if you want to create powerfully in your life, you you use your observations to help inform what you really want to do, and you dedicate 100% of your time on creating. So we don't spend a lot of time talking about what Biden said or what Trump said or what the World Economic Forum said or what the World Health Organization said or whether someone's vaccinated or whether someone's not vaccinated. It's, you know, if you think about it, it just takes up so much energy and space. And, you know, we acknowledge that for the most part, that entire system is meant to, to keep us engaged in a fear-based dialogue. And we've just decided to opt out from that system. And so now is a great time of opt-out. You can see that with the numbers in homeschooling. There's something like 7.5 million kids now being homeschooled. You can see that no matter what your position is on vaccines, but people are opting out of what, you know the, the CDC recommends. People are opting out of their careers and starting, you know, side gigs and side hustles and starting their own businesses. There's, there's just a, 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 the beginnings of a, a new system that is forming. And I think that's really, really exciting. So we we have a very like bullish perspective on everything that's going on uh, because ultimately you get to choose your own perception of things. And if we were focused all the time on, you know, that these were the end times and everything was breaking down, we, we certainly wouldn't be able to create the things that we want to be creating.
0: Mm. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that you took it that direction because- You know, again, when we're in our advisors are in front of our clients and they're having these conversations and, you know, a lot, in a lot of ways, if you think about your traditional, like your wealth advisor, um, they're more of a sounding board or a coach than really an advisor, more of a leader, I guess I should say, you know, I'll just bring this down to earth for a minute. You know, some of these things that you're talking about are controlling your, your attention, controlling your energy, you know, making sure that you're focusing on the things that actually matter to you. I mean, those are conversations that we have all the time with people is that, Hey, like, let's keep a clear eye on what you've said, your biggest goals, hopes, dreams, ambitions, That's the kind of thing that's exciting. That's, what's going to get you out of bed with that little bit of oomph in the morning versus, Oh, I should probably check the news to see what other horrible things are out there. So I use like, let's just talk about, and we'll go down this path of the lockdowns, COVID, all of that crazy stuff that happened. You know, for me personally, I looked at that and said, awesome. I get to be home with my kids even more you know, and I'm not naive to the fact, I mean, I had close friends, relatives, we've had clients that like passed away or lost loved ones. And that was, that was terrible. And I, I hurt for them deeply. But the thing is, is that if we're consumed with that thought process and we're consumed with the bad, the the stuff that's going on, and we're letting our energy get sucked into that, then it just completely depletes our future and our own potential of leaning into our best self. Along that note, if you think about chaos and how busy our minds can be with everything that's going on, I want you to talk a little bit about stillness. You kind of mentioned that in a quick drop earlier, but I want you to talk about like why stillness is an actual resource. Set. I just want you to elaborate a little bit there.
1: Sure. Again, it's being still. That might be going for a walk. Mm. That might be a meditation practice. It might be sitting in nature. Helps to downregulate the momentum of the nervous system because we're always thinking and oftentimes we're engaging. And the, the ability to begin to reclaim sovereignty over your emotions and over your thoughts, rather than to just continue to be the living embodiment of a memory, because that's what we do. It's like that movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. I mean, you say the same thing to different people, you do the same thing on a different day, and then we wonder why our life is not having the level of improvement or change that we're seeking. We have to find a variety of ways to begin to break the pattern of the old personality. And one easy way to do that is to just don't engage with it, right? Just give it a break. And so as you, as you turn the machine off for a little while um, there are a number of benefits and they're really the benefits that you see that come out of all the studies around meditation, right? There's an improvement in health an improvement in clarity of mind and It affords you the opportunity as well to, when you're back sort of in the machinery of all of it, to be able to more easily become aware of the unintelligent thoughts that you have an opportunity to change. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's a lot too of that's happening right now in a return to nature. Some of this is expressing itself through the increase in the prevalence of like therapeutic psilocybin, uh, ayahuasca, plant medicines. There's an integration back to nature and anyone who starts to become serious about their about whole healing with themselves realizes that nature is a very important component of all of that. Even just grounding right on the earth and reconnecting to the original natural resonance of the planet versus the unnatural resonance of our bodies that's created by, by the neural networks in our brain that are representative of stressful, overwhelmed angry, resentful thinking, right? Because you're, that, that energy is circulating through your entire nervous system all the time. And so just not doing that for a period of time allows the body to heal tremendously, allows the psychology to improve, allows you know, your emotions to begin to downregulate. There was that whole series of Our Planet Done by David Attenborough on Netflix. And it's just such a great series. He shows uh, all of the beautiful things that this planet is. And one of the striking comments he made was how quickly the planet grows back if you just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. So if we just stop commercial fishing for a little bit, the speed at which the fish return and the corals return is astounding. If we just stop cutting down the rainforest, the speed at which returns is astounding. What he says is, of course, it takes longer to return the longer we do the damage. But that's the same thing with the human being. If we can just take a little bit of time not being what we've been being, that doesn't serve us well and just give us space. It's amazing to see how much of who we once were grow- comes back, you know? And we just had our first uh, our first child, Gabrielle, our baby boy. And he's still only seven weeks old today. He has his seven-week birthday. So he's transitioned out of just being this angry, pooping, eating machine into laughing and smiling. And, you know, in, a, in another six months, a year, two years, we're going to be able to see that intelligent innocence that we all lose as we become indoctrinated into operating from a primal state, right? And so just being in stillness for a little while is incredibly restorative and reparative. I did I did a three-week, uh, several three-week, three-day uh, silent retreats. Carol and I have frequented India on a number of occasions where we've you know studied for a week or two at a time at a variety of ashrams where there's teachings and then meditation and stillness. Um, and it's incredibly regenerative,
0: Mm. you know, all I can think about as you're talking about stillness and finding that thing and leaning into nature more, I mean, there's times, and I'll say this in the last few years, especially where I'd find myself, I'd go out, I have a deck off the back of my house and the deck looks into some trees. We live out in the country, looks out into a grove of trees. And then right beyond the trees is where the sun sets beautifully. And I would just sit out there evening after evening, as long as it wasn't, you know, sub zero temperatures here in Minnesota, uh, or pouring rain on me, but I would sit out there and there was just such a peace and stillness going back to that word that would come over. And it became a ritual that my kids would participate in too with me. You know, my husband would come sit out there and it was just something that I think was so beautiful, especially during times where you're kind of going, I don't really know what the heck is going to happen in this world, but I do know that I love this moment. I love the people around me and I love how I feel. So again, I think that if anybody, if you just take an action item right now, and you just pause this to think about what is something that just gives me that sense of peace, that stillness, that kind of elimination of all the chaos and craziness of the day, being more intentional around that, I think is so profound and will allow people to, you know, really step into their own potential and how you talk about the powerful versus the primal state, kind of stepping away from the primal state is really Mm -hmm. what that helps you do. So David, I'd love to shift here a minute. You know, you talk about bringing a beautiful baby boy into this world and you know that path and what's going to happen there so it makes me think about as a parent also how we go through this period of we kind of redefine our value system We talk about values a lot, really in all of our businesses, all of our programs, about how it's really this underlying thing that you have to have as the building block to your decision-making. So I'd love for you to talk about how do you look at value alignment, maybe share a couple of your own personal values too.
1: Sure. So recovery really helped in my values definition. One of the things that Carol always says is how honest I am. And uh, it's true. I like, I'm, I'm like a young George Washington. I cannot tell a lie. And um, so, you know, honesty is a value of mine. Compassion is a value of mine, really learning how to care for other people and be in service of other people. And I I think there's a conversation to be had around values. What I've been focused on a lot recently is alignment. Mm -hmm. And since I know we're talking to a lot of, of business owners. We end up in situations and circumstances, oftentimes in our business, where we don't do what the difficult thing is to do that would be in alignment with what we... A great example of this is, you know, I had a a team member who was filling a spot and I didn't have anyone else to fill the spot. And so I was avoiding speaking transparently into my experience of them as a team member because I was afraid that they might quit. And I started trying to manage that whole position because I feared the absence of someone in that role uh, over the inefficiency of the person who was there. So what what I'm learning now is that operating in alignment with what I believe to be true and holding standards. So for example, this goes back to the values. There's all these words, right? Values, standards, that someone uh, does the things that they say they're going to do according to the schedule that they said they were going to do it. Or they're in communication if for whatever reason that schedule changes. That's a simple example. I was I was allowing a violation of my values and standards for fear of not having someone in this position and me having to jump back into the role. But I allowed it to go on for months at a time. And I can look back now and see how much chaos it created. It created stress for other people. On It created a tremendous amount of, if I took all of the time and energy that I spent talking to my wife who's also president of our company as well as the rest of our executive team about this person i could have gotten in and done the role myself or trained someone else on how to do the role and i i look now at the organization as an organism and anything that's incongruent is a cancer in the organism and the you would never allow and try to negotiate with the cancer something, right? So, and and really, if you think about it, cancer is dissonant to the rest of the energy of the body. And so Mm -hmm. what I'm hoping I do more effectively moving forward is identify where there are things that are not in alignment with my values or in alignment with my standards and to have conversations from an abundant place, not a fearful place and make the decisions that I need to make that are the right decisions, even though they may be difficult decisions to make. And what I've seen every single time that I do that is that life brings whatever's needed right behind it, like right behind it. and um there may be a couple there were there were two months where I had to jump in and play this role, and then immediately I got someone who came in and did a better job than uh, I or the the first resource could have ever done. so I think that's a hard thing to do sometimes or it can be hard when you're when when we're not aware that you know, life is actually working with us and calling us to, to operate in alignment and make difficult decisions. And trusting a lot of this is faith building, trusting that if we do the right thing, then things are going to work out better than if we try to sort of negotiate with our own standards and our own values.
0: Hey, Brittany here, letting you know that our newest book, Dream Architecture is available for you on amazon.com. It hit the Amazon bestsellers list within the first 24 hours of launch. Be sure to hop on over and grab your copy of Dream Architecture today. Hmm. You know, I think that's, it's such a perfect example. And, And really what you laid out there is I think so often people get stuck because they're looking at the fear of the loss versus the opportunity of the gain, And I I just think that that example, everybody can relate to, you know, whether it is, you know, you as the business owner, the entrepreneur making a decision on a team member. Or, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, one thing that we see a lot too, is somebody gets to a point where they're ready to retire. And I use that in parentheses, if you're watching the video, because most of our clients are not looking to retire by the traditional sense. It's not like, okay, well now I don't have to get up and go to work anymore. So I'm going to go play golf for the rest of my life. Like that's, that's not what it is. They're often looking at the what's next, but the thing that we've seen over and over again is that they'll have call it like naysayers in their life. Or people that are constantly like, well, you know, do you really want to pursue that? Is that really where you should be spending time? And then they end up holding back because of the fear of, well, what if they're right? What if I'm not good enough? What if I don't have the resources? What if, what if, what if? So I I think what you just talked about there in that value alignment and living in congruency and staying true to what your beliefs are, I mean, it opens the door to so much opportunity massive opportunity.
1: Yeah. And, and what we're talking about as well is who you surround yourself with. And I, you know, I see a lot of these like Instagram reels of people who say like, you know, you're going to have people around you who are the naysayers. And I'm like, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I haven't for a long time. And I think part of that is because I've invested so heavily in personal growth because I'm surrounded by people, right. Who are believers in possibility. And, uh, and so that, yes. And if you're in a place in your life right now where you've got people around you who don't believe in you, that's probably a sign that you want to start investing in new networks and new communities. And that's not to say you cut everybody off in your life, but, but, but to find people who are aligned with the vision that you have, because that support energetically is really, really important.
0: Yeah. David, we've talked a lot on this podcast. Um, Brian and I just released a book. It'd be in June of 22, depending upon when you're listening to this. Uh, But we have a, a whole section, a whole chapter in that book talking about, you know, how you can go about kind of cutting off those relationships. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, those people are bad people by any stretch of the imagination. They're just not right for you. So, you know, I've had instances in my own personal life where I've had to cut out, people that by your traditional sense, very, very close to me, you know, close relatives, you know, maybe friends that I had, had grown up with for forever. And those relationships were just no longer serving and they were harmful and they were hurtful and you know, all that stuff. So I think giving people permission more and yeah. more to step away from those relationships is so important.
1: For sure. hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, David, I have two things before we wrap up. Number one, I want to make sure that we talk about what you're giving to our listeners because I think it's a massive value add. So why don't you talk a little bit about your gift that you're providing?
1: Sure. Well, you talked about the mind hack ebook. So we've had a couple hundred thousand people download that that book. It's it's been the best explanation of the frameworks that we teach that you talked about to really help you go beyond self-awareness and learn how to actually change the way you think, change your brain, rewire your nervous system. And so we have that available to people for free. And we've put together a URL for your audience, which is mindhackprogram.com slash suite. And in addition to that, it comes with a four part video series that goes deeper on everything that we, uh, we talked about. And so that as well, if you're interested, because I am coming out with my book as well. Depending on the time that this recording goes and how long supply chain issues are are, are an issue, <laughs> but my first book, A Changed Mind, uh, is coming out most likely in early 2020. And if you're on our, if you're subscribed and on our email list, you'll certainly get a notification about that too. But anybody who wants to go a little bit deeper into today's conversation, access the Mind Hack ebook, and access to a really great four part video training series for free. Just go to mindhackprogram.com suite, opt in, and uh, then we get you all the goodies.
0: Awesome. David, for anybody that's listening to this, that's like, oh, personal development mindset, is it all woo? Is it all the woo-woo, warm, fuzzy stuff? What would you say to that individual right now?
1: Well, I think it's important to have a personal philosophy on how your reality works. How does life work for you? um albert einstein said the most important decision you make is whether you live in a hostile or friendly universe and henry ford said the man who thinks he can the man who thinks he can't are both right and what what they're speaking to is the is the power of the mind and the way that we perceive our reality and we get to choose how we perceive our reality you can take two people in almost identical situations they'll experience the situation completely differently based on their habit of thought and habit of emotion. And so if you want to be healthy, you have to have healthy thoughts. If you want to be wealthy, you have to have have wealthy thoughts. If you want to be joyful, you have to have joyful thoughts. And so most of us are working against an incumbent nervous system that was designed for survival, not to thrive. Mm. So you look at all great teachers, Buddha, the mind is everything, what you think you become. Gandhi, a man is but a product of his thoughts, what he thinks he becomes. You look at, at Romans, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in whether you look, the greatest thinkers of all time, you know, disagreed on a lot of things, but they agreed on one thing and one thing only, which is the mind is everything, what you think you become. So all change that someone is wanting to create is going to come from a changed mind. The effect in our in the world is going to be a bigger bank account or a, 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 a disease in remission or a, a relationship found or repaired. And none of this is woo at this point. I mean, even behavioral psychology tells us that what you believe, which were the meanings you gave life in a, before the age of seven, before the prefrontal cortex was fully formed, 80% of which were adopted from your parents, your, your beliefs from back then inform today what thoughts you do and do not have access to. And based on how you think, That determines your habit of emotion. And based on how you feel, that determines what you do or don't do. And what you do and don't do is going to determine your results. Then your results are just going to reinforce the same belief. Oh, money's hard to make, or you can't trust people, or there's not enough time. So all all change that we're looking for is in a changed mind. And so, you know, if someone's if someone's not yet on board with that concept, the beautiful thing is today it's it's easy to go read and learn and see. Right, that the the science is there in the 60s and 70s and 80s, we didn't really have the science, right? It was motivation, but but now we we understand, and a lot of that I break down in in the Mind Hack ebook, and even more of that when my book A Changed Mind comes out.
0: Awesome, David. I, I a couple things here. I want to make sure that people know how to kind of follow your journey, kind of keep pulse on what you're doing. So I have a twofold here. Okay. What are you most excited about right now? And then follow that up with how people can watch that excitement or stay in touch with you going forward.
1: So, well, I don't know. There's a lot, you know. Over the next three to four months, we're going to be launching my podcast, which I'm really excited about. That's going to allow us to share thought leadership on my YouTube channel, so people can subscribe to our YouTube. Um, my Instagram, uh, which is David Bear 33, or Facebook's your platform. You can follow us on 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 Facebook. I have a I have a page there, and so I'm. But what I'm really excited about is the new framework that I, I'm i in the process of finalizing called the whole human framework. And I'm gonna be doing a challenge later this year and probably do it once a year called the change mind challenge. Free challenge for five days, but it's really about identifying the traumas, the limiting beliefs, uh, the unintelligent thinking that has become a habit of thought and a habit of feeling and, and eliminating it, transforming it over, over five to seven days. So I'm, I'm really going deeper now on mindset, even though we have amazing business strategies and you know, you were in one of our programs, um, teaching business strategies for impact driven entrepreneurs. I'm really excited that we're going to be going a little bit more mainstream and in, in developing transformation only programs
0: mm-hmm. for
1: like civilians, right. For like non-entrepreneurs so that we can make yeah. an even greater impact because now's the time. You know, I mean, we're, we're about to move into a recession, which I think is the greatest opportunity for those who are prepared. And prepared doesn't mean you have to have a lot of money stashed away. Prepared just means that you've got the right mindset and you understand how the mechanics of, have a, of a contraction work. And rather than contracting with everybody else, you use an unshakable mindset to continually expand while everyone else is contracting. Then you can have exponential growth. Mm-hmm. So I'm just excited to bring um, more of, of this Mindset work to more people through the whole human framework, and then to be able to distribute it across all those uh, media channels that we talked about.
0: I love it. Well, and of course, my baby, for- and
1: my baby, you know. I mean, I'm saying-
0: let's throw that out there. <laughs> yeah,
1: then my then my baby. So you know, the, oh. the 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 legacy, the dynasty has arrived. So you know, we gotta gotta support him, and we're intending on one more before we we close shop. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of good going on. You know, it's important to stay in the good and stay around people who are good and cultivate that good within you, because there, if you don't right now, more than ever in the environment around us, it'll, it'll pull you into, mm. into whatever you want. to
0: So, so much truth to what you just said. So yeah. David, my final question that I, I like to ask everybody is what haven't I asked you that I should have?
1: So I, I think, a I think a good question is why do people experience such a hard time transforming their beliefs?
0: Mm, knock it like, out of the park.
1: Like, do you know you have limiting beliefs? Do you still carry limiting beliefs?
0: I would say, uh, I, yes, point blank, yes. But I catch myself now because I'm aware of it.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. What's a limiting belief you have that you think might still be impacting you?
0: Mm, I would say I have a little bit of the my worth is found in doing. I have a hard time slowing down.
1: <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So you're 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 in more consistent action from an unconscious standpoint, it's being driven by this idea that I'm a better person or I'm more worthy if I'm doing more.
0: If I can do more. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: And is, is that positively or negatively impacting you? Negatively. How so?
0: I think I, it, it hinders me from always being present in the moment.
1: Got it. And that's a problem for you. Yes. Okay.
0: Well, I've got three babies that are growing real fast. So I feel like I, I, my brain is always on and i'm not always attentive to what's going on in the moment with them that's probably the biggest negative
1: got it and it's important for you to be present to what's going on in the moment for them
0: oh yes because they are and you're going to get me the most important thing to me
1: got it but you're not always treating them that way right because there's a there's a belief that you've got to work hard and and so that is actually taking priority because your desire for approval from others or permission, I guess, to give yourself approval is actually subjugating being present for the most important people in your life and missing the magic moments. True. Okay. So it's something that, that, that should be addressed, correct? Absolutely. Okay. You've been in personal development for a while, haven't you? Yes. You even went to the powerful living experience, right? I did. Okay. Is this, do you think that this belief limiting belief is, a is, is causing you to behave in ways that you don't want to behave on a weekly basis? Where you, where you, where you're not present. Yes. Every day.
0: Maybe not every day, but most days.
1: Okay. Got it. So it's here. It's now it's incredibly detrimental. It's affecting you in the most important part of your life. You've done a lot of personal development work. Why are you still doing it?
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's a great question. That's a great question. Cause like I said, I have awareness on it and I fight it and I I'm trying, but I still do it.
1: Right. So I think the question that is an important question is, once we know we have limiting beliefs, and even as we've done some work to change some of them, why, why are we not able to change all of them? Mm. And that's really what started driving me in my own inquiry, because I knew, I knew that the way I was thinking or acting or feeling about things was not serving, and it was taking away from the most important areas of my life, yet I was still doing it. And so then I fought it, right? I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to do it better, but it wasn't really working. And so that drove me into the discovery of a few things, one of which is, so the reason why most people don't uh, have a changed mind is they don't have frameworks or tools. And as you pointed out, like we've got great frameworks and tools. Mm -hmm. And so you can use those frameworks and tools. And my experience is that you can address about 60 to 70% of your limiting beliefs. Now, that's a lot. I mean, considering most people show up at one of our events, like the Powerful Living Experience, or in one of our coaching programs, like you reduce 60 to 70% of somebody's unintelligent psychology, you start getting pretty significant changes in your life. Mm -hmm. But you also start becoming very, very sensitive to those areas that haven't changed. Right? It's almost like seeing a fly on a whiteboard. And So in order to, for me to begin to change uh, those things that I had not been able to change, I started accessing different entry points into my psychology. And the one I'll share, there's three in particular that are part of the whole human framework, but we won't have time to go through all three. But the one in particular was resentments. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I identified was that where we have limiting beliefs that are difficult to transform they're tied to an experience with another individual who we still resent. Mm. And if you think about it, almost all of the um, beliefs we have are tied to are situational, right? Like somewhere you learn there wasn't enough time, somewhere you learned money was hard to make, somewhere you learned you can't trust people. And so, it's, some, and so it's, always, it's almost always with an experience with another person or even the absence of someone being there. Like I did, you know, my dad left me, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. So our, our, our beliefs are, aren't just concepts. They map to experiences which map to people and where we have a more difficult time and letting go of a belief that doesn't serve us well, there's usually a relationship that represents that limiting belief where we still have resentment. The solution is forgiveness. And um, I recently put together something called the forgiveness framework, which is really incredible because when I talk to people about forgiveness, they're using a lot of energy to try to forgive. They're like, I'm going to find forgiveness. I'll find a way to forgive someone. But what you can actually see that that relationship was a setup. Like we talked about before, life is always working for your greatest growth, your greatest prospering, greatest evolution. When you're actually able to see that that relationship, that that person was in their wound, that you are being that way to other people right now, even though you're resentful towards them, it starts to give you compassion because you start to understand, oh, why I'm doing it so I could see how they could do it. Anyway, there's five steps we take people through. And what we're seeing are incredible breakthroughs right now with people being able to let go and transform long-held beliefs traumas as a result of forgiving the individual or individuals that are connected to that limiting belief. Mm.
0: I personally am super pumped for the work that you're doing because I think about I mean not even for the exercise that you just took me through briefly there but also I think there's so many people out there that you know, harbor those resentments and can't move past certain things. So I think the work that you're doing, uh, that's amazing.
1: truly yeah. really Amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. That self-love and and mm-hmm. helping people understand the concept of surrender. So there's sort of these what mm-hmm. for, for me were like lovey dovey concepts for a long time because I'm very focused on the brain and how to change your beliefs as quickly as possible. Yeah. And now I'm seeing that there, there really is tremendous value to what a lot of the wisdom teachings have talked about in terms of those concepts. And so now we're breaking them down into frameworks so that people can actually love themselves more, forgive, and learn how to surrender more in the day-to-day experiences of their lives.
0: Mm, I love it. I love all of it. So David, I am absolutely grateful to have had this conversation with you today. Um, You and Carol and your team, you guys continue to put out so much light into this world. And I I just know you impact obviously thousands and thousands of lives. So we are super excited to see what you keep doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great to connect. I was super excited about this interview and excited to, to see more of what you and Brian are up to and to be able to support it. Awesome.
0: Well, that wraps up today's episode of the Dream Architect Life podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. Maybe share it with a couple people that you want to, to have uh hear this message today. And be sure to to tune in. We'll be right back here with the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners.